0: Hello ghouls and welcome to Brave the Basement. I'm your host, the ghoul that rules. I'm your co-host, Black One Jack Two. If you enjoy getting a little scared, ghost stories, haunted houses, a believer in the supernatural, or maybe even a skeptic wanting to look at things from a different perspective, then this is the show for you. Today's episode is sponsored by Ed's Barbershop. Ed's Barbershop is located at 210 Lane Street, North Judson, Indiana. So if you enjoy getting your hair cut from a hometown barber with that old-fashioned feel, then dial 574-896-3344 and schedule your appointment today hey blackjack how you doing today uh i'm
1: doing pretty good i mean it's been it's been a while since i've been on the show uh sorry everyone it's just been a hectic couple weeks for me and I'm, i'm i'm glad i'm back
0: so uh for those who don't know blackjack was involved in a musical and uh because of the theme of the musical he is completely excused because he was in Uh, What was it? The Little House... uh, Little Little, Shop of of Horrors. Little Little Shop shop of of Horrors. horrors. So, and if you're familiar with that musical, he played Audrey 2. I played
1: as one of the the big plants. I played uh, controlling uh, the big plant. I also played the interview. If you watched the movie in the 1990s one, I played the part that John Candy played. And I've also was in the chorus. So, that's why I was gone. I love you guys. Didn't mean to, you know, be gone for so long.
0: Okay, so today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Amityville Horror House. And this is kind of embarrassing for me, Blackjack, because, uh, you know, I've been into this paranormal and the ghost and all that stuff, and this one just completely passed me by, not only on a paranormal level, but on a podcast level because I completely misinterpreted some things and when I did the research I said well there's nothing here okay so to take you back a little bit the the there was a book written in 1977 the Amityville Horror and then the movie came out in 1979 I was born in 1982 and I remember watching these movies when I was a kid and I was like yeah these are scary movies and all that and I didn't really know that they were based on a true story. And then several months ago, the Amityville killer, Ronald DeFeo, died. And I'd seen, oh, the Amityville house killer died. What's this? So I, I clicked on the article, and uh, it talked about the murders and what will go into all that. And how he'd heard these voices tell, telling him to kill his family. And he did it, and so I'm like, "Oh, okay, so that's what the Amityville story is." You know, I'd be a good topic for the podcast. And so when I di- when I dove into it, I was diving into it at the murder portion of this story. You weren't considering the paranormal. Well, part of it. I well I thought that that was the paranormal, the voices. And so the more I dug into the murders themselves he changed his story about 37 times and it, it went from everything to voices telling him to do it to his sister did it. And he killed her wrestling the gun. I mean, it just, and I'm like, there's nothing here. And then, so when I, when I decided, well, I'm going to just go ahead and look into, you know, the, the poltergeist episode that I did last week. And uh part of my research was I watched the conjuring too. And at the very beginning of the movie, Ed and Lorraine Warren are in the Amityville house. And I said, well, okay, wait a minute. What's going on here? So and I did the episode, and then I started doing some research. The story isn't necessarily the murders, as it is the family that moved into the house after the murders. That's when these paranormal things started happening. And supposedly that's in the original movie. Mind you, i probably seen this movie in 1987. You know, I was... Five. I don't I don't remember all the details. I just remember the house was killing people. So we're going to get into this. Uh, so I'll just give you some history on November 13th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of his family at 112 Ocean Avenue, a large Dutch colonial house situated in a suburban neighborhood in Amityville on the south shore of Long Island, New York. Ronald DeFeo Jr. was condemned to six 25-to-life sentences. DeFeo died in custody March 12, 2021. So like I said, that was very recent. There have been several books and movies, and I counted, I believe it was 20 today, movies have been made about Amityville. I, I could be a one or two off, but there have been several movies, and uh, around the murders and the haunting of the house after the murders, one of the stories that Defeo told authorities was that he killed everyone in the house because the voices told him to do it
1: uh Number one, you don't hear uh, if you hear voices in your head telling you to kill someone, you
0: do not listen to that. So now, what happens is, uh, this is 1974, November 1974. The murders happen. The house gets sold. Okay, so after the murders, the house was purchased by George and Kathy Lutz for $80,000 in December 1975. So this is a year after the murders took place. The day they moved in, the couple had a priest... Bless the house. But George claimed the holy man felt an unseen hand slap him in the sewing room and heard a voice say, get out. And I actually remember that scene in the movie when it, and then a whole bunch of flies came on him. That I do remember. Okay, in the movie. So what is the movie title called again? The Amityville Horror.
1: The Amityville. All right.
0: So soon after, the couple said they began noticing odd things around the house, such as doors being ripped from their hinges. Cabinets slamming shut, slime oozing from the ceilings, and giant clusters of flies. George said in a 2006 interview with the ABC News, There were odors in the house that came and went. There were sounds. The front door would slam shut in the middle of the night. I couldn't get warm in the house for many days. He claimed that he would mysteriously wake up at 3.15 a.m., Every day, this was the same time that the DeFeo murders were believed to have happened. At times, his wife was physically transformed into an old woman and once levitated. And not only did she levitate inside the house, she also levitated when they fled the house at a completely other place, too. Uh, One night, he heard his children's bed slamming up and down on the floor but claimed he couldn't do anything because an invisible force was paralysing him. The family reported seeing shadow people with red eyes inside the house. One night, George looked outside towards the boathouse and he seen a pair of red eyes. When he went outside to investigate, he noticed there were hoof prints in the snow leading to the boathouse. The family moved out after 28 days. Reportedly leaving their possessions behind, including clothes in their closets, food in the fridge, and a brand new boat and a brand new motorcycle. Two months later, a local TV crew did a segment on the house, bringing in paranormal experts to evaluate the couple's claims. The team took several photos inside, including including a now infamous image apparently showing a ghost boy peering out from one of the bedrooms. The psychics agreed that there was some kind of demonic force present in the house. Daniel Lutz, who was 10 at the time, has said that his father George invited mysterious and dangerous forces into their lives due to his interest in the occult. So a couple things to note here. The Defeo family, the, the family that, that got murdered, never reported anything paranormal about the house, and they lived in the home for about nine years prior to the murders. However, Ed Warren claimed that the status that, I'm sorry, that the statues in the backyard that were of Saint Joseph was purchased by the Defeo family for the purpose of exercising the house, clearing it out of, of bad spirits. Uh Rana, and then so what you got is the DeFeo family never reporting anything and then the Lutz family moving in a year later and all these crazy things happened so we mentioned that uh, they brought in all these psychics and these paranormal investigators and you know last week I did the uh Infield poltergeist, and we're doing the Amityville horror, and this is where Ed and Lorraine Warren became kind of famous in the the paranormal world, um, and they're they're the the kind of the central points in the Conjuring movies. So they were uh, involved in the Amityville, and they were slightly involved in Infield. If you watch The Conjuring too, it's like you know they're the central point of the, the whole story. And uh, from what I was reading, that that's not necessarily true. But uh, just to give you some background on Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren were married. were a married couple made famous by their investigation into the Amityville haunting, the Annabelle Dolan possession, which we're going to do next week. And most recently, the Conjuring movies. And there's a new Conjuring movie that's getting ready to be released as well. Ed was a self-taught demonologist and Lorraine was a light trance medium. They founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. Inside their home uh, was the occult museum that houses the Annabelle doll, among other paranormal things. George Lutz. Okay, so when Ed and Lorraine came to do their investigation, George Lutz would not meet Ed and Lorraine at the house. He insisted on meeting them at a pizza parlor roughly four blocks away so he can give them the keys to the house. Because he was not going back to that house. So Ed and Lorraine had to pick up the keys at a pizza place. Um, When when Ed entered the home, he stated that it reeked of death. It just smelt like death. Ed then went into the cellar with a crucifix and demanded that whatever was there to reveal itself. He said he immediately felt like he was under a waterfall. He was forced onto the floor and felt electricity all over his body. He went into what he called religious resistance. After commanding the entity to leave, he immediately felt the pressure lift off of his body. And this is as soon as he got in the home. And meanwhile, uh, Lorraine, and this is going on at the same time, was upstairs in a bar room. She said that she was able to see bodies all lined up clear visually, meaning with her psychic abilities. She believed that these were the bodies. Of the six victims. From uh, when Ronald uh, DeFeo. Killed his family. Because he f- killed his, his mother. His father. Uh, two sisters and two brothers. So she says. that She's seen, seen them. Inside the home a year later. But they were. Like laid out. Kind of like on stretchers like the bodies were getting ready to be taken out of the home cuz they had already been discovered dead. So like a so like
1: a body bag, right?
0: Yeah, something like that or or the sheets covered over them. You know how
1: like ambulance would come, they zip up the bodies and take them? Right. Stuff like that?
0: Yeah, so that's how she said that she seen them. So obviously you know this is a very creepy place something definitely is going on here um, something I'd like to note about the murders and, and the victims uh, and this kind of when, when we talk about you know Ronald DeFeo and you know there was no paranormal activity before the murders and he said he heard voices and all these other things uh, so he, he tried to kill his father once before these murders even took place. So the the bad ender- energy was already there. Yeah. He was already,
1: he was already psycho. Sorry.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, like I mentioned at, at the beginning of the show, he, you know, he changed his story multiple times. Uh, once he said uh, his wife was involved and he wasn't even married at the time. Uh, his sister committed murders and he killed her fighting over the gun. But. What really gets interesting is uh I you know I was watching some interviews with Ed and Lorraine Warren, and they were talking about uh some things about this house Because Ed Warren believed that this this was already a haunted place before the murders even took place, and he believes that's why the Defeo family had that statue of uh St Joseph in their yard placed in there, like I said, to exercise out any any bad spirits or demons and so this is according to ed warren uh the location of the boathouse and if you remember that's where uh george had seen the the red eyes and the, the hoof prints in the snow the location of the boathouse attached to the property was where a native american tribe kept prisoners many of whom died ed warren believed this was the original cause of demons being drawn to the property There's also newspaper articles from 1895 that talk about how there were Native American burial grounds on Ocean Avenue. So according to Ed Warren, this dated way back before um, they even built houses out there. And so what he's trying to say is there were some bad things going on on the property. And those bad things started inviting in these demons And that demon ended up inside the home. If that demon had anything to do with the murders or not, I don't know. Like I said, there was no paranormal activity reported by the DeFeo family. All the paranormal activity happened once the Lutzes moved in the house. And what's really crazy is this this story became so famous because whenever you get a haunting and uh the news get involved and everyone's talking about it and the whole whole nation knows you get a lot of accusations well they're just making these things up to get notoriety look there was a book deal and then there was movies and how much money did they get from this are they telling the truth george and kathy lutz took a polygraph test by two different examiners both examiners believed that george and kathy were both telling the truth about the events Regarding the Amityville hauntings, so according to polygraph examinations, this is the real deal.
1: I am just trying to wrap my head. I mean, it's the first day back for me, and we go into this big long. We have three notes here. Uh, I mean, it's just so fascinating. I sat back here. I think you. uh, I think when you saw me, you. you, uh, I think you made kind of made fun of me because I looked dead for a second. I was like, I. Well, I can't show why I look like, but. I I had my mouth just open, my hand next to my chin. I was like, "This is a lot of information," and I was trying to figure out the whole time, uh, what's going on here? Is it a poltergeist? Is it demons? Or is it everything and above at one spot? And then it, you and then you mentioned the fact about Native Americans.
0: Yeah, it is just overly haunted. Um, and he, here's you know, and like I said, whenever the these hauntings happen and they become so popular. You know, you're always going to have a skeptic and then you're always going to have believers. And I think, you know, um, and I've said this before, you know, you got your story. I got my story. And somewhere in between is the truth of what really happened in that house. All I know is this psychic said, yes, there's something going on here. Ed and Lorraine Warren said there's something going on here. This couple took a polygraph test by two different people. They and said it, it happened. They said, yeah, they're telling the truth. So whatever really happened inside that house, George and Kathy Lutz believed it 100% that they were being haunted by some sort of being. Now, nobody was killed, as far as we know, due to the hauntings. And, and then, so then you would be getting, and then to argue otherwise, did you would be getting into the murders, uh, from Ronald DeFeo and what he did to his family. And, you know, they're, they're very gruesome murders. He, he shot them in their bed. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, that's got a lot of points. You know, they say things like, so he went into a bedroom and shot his mom and dad with a shotgun and his brothers and sisters didn't wake up. And then he'd go into the room and shoot two sisters laying in bed, and they didn't wake up. You know, when the other one was shot, and then he'd go kill the brothers, and no, no one, no one woke up during all these gunshots. And you know, and there's a lot of these theories out there, and a lot of people are trying to pinpoint the murders on something paranormal. I don't know if there was anything paranormal going on in the murders, the the murders themselves, and his stories, and the forensic evidence. A lot of it just suggests that the guy was just crazy. He tried to kill his father before the murders. If he he was somehow um broken down by a demon and and kind of convinced into doing this, something we'll never know that the man passed away. And you couldn't believe a word that the guy said anyway, because he was just he was crazy. Uh
1: maybe I, I have a theory. Okay, so I don't, this ain't much to go off of, but when you say he attempted to kill his father, at, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the first time, he may have encountered a, a, a demon. It, he had, must have had some hate for whatever reason. The demon convinced him the first time, it didn't work, and the demon kept on coming and eventually killing the family.
0: Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know, but it, it's it's a theory. But now another theory from George Lutz's uh, son, I believe I said his name was Daniel. He believed that his father invited something in because his father was into the occult. So I don't know if he was doing any kind of uh, paranormal rituals or any of that. So there is that, and that's coming from his own son that, that experienced these hauntings. Along, granted, he was ten years old at the time, but still, that's another uh, you know possibility out there as well. You know, was was this bad juju back from the you know the Native American times? Uh, was the was you know did that influence the murders? Did the murderers bring in the demons? Did George bring in the demons? Was the house really haunted? Was there really demons? Was it all just to get some notoriety and make a little bit of money?
1: I, I just at this point you you just never know. I mean, there could have been something there during the Native Americans, but not enough to wake it up. And then uh, doing the haunting, uh, trying to open because you were in a cult, and then then up to murdering the family just could have been enough to push it over the edge and invite everything in.
0: Now, like I said, you know, with the books and the movies and then, you know, the Conjuring movies becoming as big as they are. um, You know, a lot of people will travel there and they'll try to see the house. There are people that live in the house now. Um, If if you've ever seen the house and you know what it looks like, uh, especially me, because I seen a movie when I was a kid. um, You know, it's got very specific windows uh, from from what I was reading the current owners got rid of the windows because it looked like these eyes, so them are gone. They worked with the, uh, the the local town and officially had the address changed, so that the address wasn't the exact same. Um, supposedly, and I don't I don't legally understand this, so uh, I know I'm going to explain this very poorly, but just bear with me. Supposedly, if you buy the house. There is a trust that comes along with the house that is worked into your uh, mortgage agreement that you will not use the house to try to gain money from the story. And uh, somebody, and I I don't remember, I I didn't put this in my notes. It's just from my memory here, so I, I apologize for that. There was a person who was trying to buy the home and everything was going good until they looked into their past and found out That they do paranormal investigations. And they shut the sale down. They wouldn't allow the sale to go through. Which sounds a little weird to me. Because you know a fair housing laws. But I I don't know. Somehow it's worked to the contract. These people aren't allowed to bring in. They can film whatever they want inside the home. Because it is their home. But they can't make money off of the Amityville horror story. Being based there. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, so it, it's more like a copyright thing. They can't use the name for their own uh,
0: money gain. Yeah, I, I I don't exactly know the legalities, but either way, blackjack. Do you think this is a real haunting? Do you think that these people are just we're just trying to gain some money? What do you think? Uh,
1: number one, this this yeah. I, I mean, there's gonna be skeptics out there. I know that, but I think this is a real story. I mean, we had two doctors, two doctors, by the way, already confirmed with the, what is it called, polygraph? Polygraph. Polygraph. Which is basically a lie detector test. Uh, We we have,
0: don't we have pictures? Oh, yeah, there's pictures. Remember I mentioned the ghost boy picture. It's a famous picture.
1: I mean, I, I bet this was the old pictures where you can't Photoshop.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, this is way before Photoshop. So
1: there's no photoshop i mean it, it has to be real
0: so you're calling it the real deal
1: real deal don't go all
0: right so if you'd like to come and brave the basement ghoul be sure to share the show on social media go to brave and sign up for our newsletter to get all the latest news and updates when each episode has been posted if you have a ghost story you would like to share with us you can reach us at brave at gmail.com your story can make it on the show and be featured on the website You can also submit your story on Reddit under the subreddit, Brave the Basement, or in the YouTube comment section. If you have an eerie ghost photo you would like to share with us, please email us and include a description and your photo could be added to our photo gallery. And that brings us to the end. We hope that we brought you just a little fright. And remember when you're up late at night, and you hear something in the other room that just doesn't seem right. It's okay if you need to turn on the light to protect yourself from things that go bump in the night. I'm your host, Ghoul that Rules. I'm your co-host, Black One Jack Two. And until we talk about the Annabelle doll story, hope to see you again. Until next time.